0: mm. (coughs) Om. Bro, do you even meditate? Welcome to the Brody Sotva Podcast. I'm Enoch Daniel. Like a lot of men of a certain age, my good friend Sosh and I have felt a sense of dissatisfaction. We're settled and successful, but we also have our struggles and personal demons. For the past couple of years, we've been on a journey to become better men. By that, I mean better husbands, better fathers, better human beings, just better at this thing called life. And now we've decided to share that journey with you and invite you along for the ride. We'll be speaking with each other as well as others with wisdom to share, and hopefully some of you. We're here to ask the important questions, such as, how can we be better men and still tell dick jokes? And what can a couple of bros learn about the path to enlightenment anyway? Let's find out and become better together. Get jacked. From mindfulness, philosophy, mental health, and connection, starting right now. Hey bros, Enoch here. This week, we're talking with Kent Turpin. Now, I met Kent through Everyman, which I know we've talked about on the show before. It's a great organization, and I highly recommend it to any men out there who are really struggling with their emotional side. It's done a lot of good for me, and I think Kent would say it's done a lot of good for him as well. Kent is a lot like your friendly neighborhood bro team. He's had some struggles, two divorces, difficulty with his father, staying connected to his daughter, coming to grips with his own masculinity, and he's a seeker. He's actively looking for a better way. And that journey has taken him down some interesting roads, which we'll really only touch on briefly today. These include some side paths that are a bit outside the mainstream. We're going to talk today about the use of hallucinogens for spiritual development and mental health, particularly the use of ayahuasca in a shamanic tradition. Now, ayahuasca is a powerful chemical cocktail that should not be entered into lightly. We at the podcast have not tried this. This is not an endorsement. That being said... There's a growing body of research on the effectiveness of hallucinogens in the treatment of mental health problems. If that is a path you're interested in pursuing, I urge you to do your research, consult a professional, and please be aware of the local laws where you live. One final note. We have started a Brody Sattva podcast Patreon account, which I'll link to in the show notes, If you like the content we're putting out, please support the show. It'll really help, and there'll be some bonuses attached to it. Okay, shameless plugging over. Let's get into the conversation. Kent Turpin, uh, welcome to the Brody Sopfa podcast. We're so excited to be talking to you today. As you know, sort of what we do here is uh, we talk to men and and see what they have to share, what interesting things they've learned on their journey or or mistakes they've made or lessons they've learned or or insights they can give us to to try to help us and our listeners try to be better men and do this thing called life a little bit better. As Sosh would say, 10% less shitty.
1: Oh, I already said it. I just thought you were going to edit it.
0: I don't know if I lost the recording, so I was gonna go redo it.
1: That fucking sucks, dude. I don't say things more than twice. I don't get paid okay. that kind of money. All right. That's cool. That's cool. All right. He,
0: yeah. He's 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 a fucking prima donna, Kent. You see what I'm working with here? I, I don't, I don't um, get out of
1: bed. I don't get out of bed for less than five grams, sir. <laughs> <laughs> <I> t- <laughs>
0: You're still in bed, then I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right those there. are his pajamas. <laughs> So Kent, uh, since we met through uh, Everyman, the uh, the men's group that I that uh, we're both members of, I guess I I could start with just asking you what led you into Everyman, what what led you down that journey, how'd you end up there?
1: Oh
2: man,
0: that's a question I don't even know if I've
2: thought about. Um, how did I find Everyman? It was I I stumbled upon it not by accident, I'm sure. You know, like I'm discovering more and more in my life, like things are, things are just waiting Hmm. for me to find them and pick them up. And Hmm. I've been in search for like one of, one of my counselors, I guess, in the past was talking about at the time, I didn't really know it, but I think it was the mankind project about like these men, men's groups and things like that. And Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way. I stumbled upon something that mentioned every man, and I found it and just kept going and mm-hmm. and then the
0: virtual so were you were you involved up. with them before they kind of went all virtual last year
2: no i i stumbled upon dan's podcast at some point, so it was, it was before virtual, but i never
0: And that's I didn't Dan do doty anything. the uh, founder
2: yeah yeah dan doty um and then that's how I stumbled upon like the virtual part of it. But no, I've never done an yeah. in-person event.
0: Yeah, I, I was really intrigued. I read about them in Men's Health a few years back. When, and I think that's when they sort of exploded and had a lot of growing pains because they did not expect the, what that publicity was going to do for their organization. And they were not at all prepared for it. <laughs> um, we're,
1: we're in the same boat, by the way
0: yeah as soon as, as soon as we're, we get that expose in men's health oof. we're
1: not ready for the uh the fame and fortune that's I, yeah, I, can, I can
0: this fight. podcast right here <laughs> on the ground floor baby um <laughs> and, and, the and, but i never there. yeah right <laughs> But I, I could never bite the bullet to go on one of those because the, the retreats are pretty expensive and, you know, sort of a, an investment in time away from my family. All stuff. I never got into it. But when they I, I guess I must have been on their email list or something, because when I got when I got tagged about the uh, virtual thing, I was like, yes, that sounds like a great idea. I was also, you know, it was last year and I was you know, sort of at a low point anyway and trying to explore and get better on my own. And it just seemed like a perfect venue.
1: Yeah. I did it one time. I liked it.
0: I, Nobody I'm, liked you. We actually voted you out of the room.
1: You will not It back was like so a.
0: Bad. It was like Survivor.
2: <laughs> I think you showed up more than once. I'm pretty positive you, you showed up. You are the more
0: weakest link. Once. See, yeah. Yeah. Thank Kent, you. And I, Kent and thank I have talked you, about this. I think it was one meeting. He says it was more than one. So I think I it was know. two. Thanks, right. <laughs> I believe it was two as
1: well. But... Oh, yeah.
0: But the second one, you were like at some soccer game on the phone in your car. Thank you. Yeah. I remember now.
1: Yeah. Oh, it just didn't care. I was thinking right? it was at
2: were... uh, like a vacation spot or something, like a lake house or something like that. You're yeah, I might have done that. On the front yeah. porch, like giving two shits that you were there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. I was sharing. I could share in front of anybody. I've dropped trial on number 10 in Centennial, so, I'm not, so I'm i So, you, you know, listening. and
0: that was... Uh, and I guess you sort of answered my question, how you found every man, but I think my more the the more nuance of the question, I was curious, like what led you to that path where you were like, "I would like to try to get involved with a men's group?" like where where were you in your journey that made you decide that would be an avenue to sort of explore?
2: Well, and that's going to fast forward me to where I'm at now, or a realization where I'm at now is that I don't think I was really in tune with then consciously but Mm -hmm. i needed men i needed men in my life that were willing and able to connect that i could Mm -hmm. take an example from and and just Mm -hmm. learn from i didn't have healthy uh, with the exception of my grandfather which i kept at arm's length because i was so striving to have my dad be that that what he could not be for me um and just realizing like I've fucked up a lot of shit in my life because of pride. And I, that's not a quality like, okay. Right now I'm at a crossroads of where my masculinity and feminine balance. And I think I've been searching for more balance on my masculine side, that masculine energy that we carry. And I was looking to start a group, um, to kind of hone in on that, I think is what initially it was Hmm. and that I'm realizing more and more now.
0: And when you say you were looking for more of balance, were you looking to build up your masculine side or what was the imbalance that you were looking to, to correct?
2: Um, yes. Willing. I carried that wounded masculinity. Hmm. Um, I like to call it wounded over toxic. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. but, Hmm. uh, that's a great turn of phrase. That, I love that.
2: Yeah, it was it was <laughs> gifted to me, um, but uh, I was carrying that wounded masculinity pretty good. Um, mm. Victim mentality, anger, rage, all that shit that I was taught. You know, my dad's wounded, and I blamed yeah. him. And I was victim. I was the victim of his wounds instead of just seeing it differently where oh shit yeah he is human he's wounded and I get to choose to love him in that no matter what but it yeah. uh, it doesn't change the fact that that was the example I was given
0: yeah and it's so hard those wounds can just stretch right across generations like that you know
2: right right and i'm sure i've shared this with you before but um i got Divorced when my daughter was around four or so, and I was sitting there scrolling, and I came across a phrase: um, "Be the person you needed when you were younger." And that was that was hmm. my permission slip because through the divorce, my my wife left me, and I I was doing everything the right way, right? I was. Working my ass off. I started my own business for the family. Hmm. Um, you know, sacrificing everything now for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Except I wasn't communicating that, though. And even when I was home, I was choosing time with friends because I was missing them. I came home every night to my wife and kid, so I wasn't yeah. missing them. But uh, So I would spend time with the f- friends and... You know, that got to be too much. We didn't know how to communicate with each other. Yeah. And so, she yeah, she ends up leaving. And that's my second divorce. And so it's just like, ah, I'm fucking not good enough. I'm not good enough. Let's just reinforce this. And sure. um, I came across that phrase again. And it's just like, I don't have to follow the <laughs> same path that I've been following. It's my dad. That's my dad's path. Why am I choosing to walk that? There's a whole world of possibilities. So I shut down the business, not immediately. It can't, it took me a while to realize, but um, it's like if my family is important, why why are they second, third, fourth on the list? Um, they should be one or two. Like I, what I'm realizing now is I'm important, so I'm number one, and then yeah. family yeah exactly right so
0: that's a, that's a i mean we we laugh, but that's a hard lesson to learn, you know oh and God, and yeah. it's a real paradigm shift to think that you're important enough to put on the list um, <laughs> and and that nothing else works if you're not on the list, like you can't right you can't make any take care of yourself and at times I've kind of come to
1: realize that at times you know putting yourself not number one a lot of times. Um, I found that I spend a lot of crap time in that s- these similar just mental like depressive episodes because I haven't pushed for me so I feel guilty because I'm over here just doing all this stuff these like you know playing on my phone for hours at a time or just sleeping or just being depressed and stuff so Man, I haven't given them enough time, so I don't deserve time for me, and that's kind of like this really fucked up cycle that I found myself getting into as of late, and uh, just kind of just took some, just took some good steps, and you know, I told Enoch, not uh, my my oldest son Jack and I are starting to work out in the mornings, and um, it's just like yeah, that's, that's something I want, and I'm push, and and then it's kind of also like uh, we we're talking to somebody one time oh. Actually, Enoch, it was uh, Swinford and mm-hmm. somebody else and saying, uh, you know, when you're doing the dish, you and I as well, when you're doing the dishes, you know, that's your time. And if you choose to be like, this is something I want, and you just do that paradigm shift of this is important to me. My house being clean is important to me. Working out with my son, that's important. I'm pushing for it. And as soon as I started kind of realizing that, that was kind of putting myself first mm-hmm. as well as the family doing all this other stuff. So now I don't feel so bad, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and now I'm in a better mood. So I don't, you know, I'm not locked in my
0: damn phone and, and on the, the bed as much. Yeah. You can get it, that. You can thing. get out of that sort of vicious cycle
1: by putting yourself first, you know, yeah. you, well, well, framing and... it that way.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. That my daughter, uh, she struggled with an eating disorder for a while. um, mm. And she, one of her friends was having some problems. And we noticed that the eating started to creep back in. She wasn't eating. And I was, I had to have a talk with her. Like you can't put all your energy towards somebody else because Mm -hmm. now you're not taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be the best you can for your friend, you have to be the best for yourself first. It's the, it's the cliche of, you
0: know, you can't fill from an empty cup Mm -hmm. and we- You also can't take other people's pain on yourself all the time without, you know, without uh, suffering for it, you know? Right. It's one of the things I I think about in my job. I'm a sort of an inherently empathetic person. Like I tend to tune into people's emotional state and their suffering and if I'm, I was talking. I, I got this new therapist this week. that I'm really excited about. But we were talking That's about. It's You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's I'm great. It.
1: It's about fucking time. Yeah. Jesus. Right. So if I yeah. have to hear this guy moan and groan about it, I'm his, such his a way, fucking shipping. coward, man.
0: I like, and I God, almost canceled God. the appointment because I'm feeling pleaser, good right? this. I'm feeling good yeah. this week, so I'm like, I, you know, man, I don't need, I don't need, man, I'll just cancel it. <laughs> I <I'm> like, no, <laughs> fuck you, go to meeting. Anyway, oh, are you wait. sure it was
1: that, or, or did you feel like you were cheating on the old one?
0: <laughs> I don't you deserve to feel
2: good after leaving my...
0: I don't you... deserve to be happy. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do just like I broke up with my old girlfriends. I'll just ghost her. I'm not just, I'm just
1: never going to call yeah. her back. That's exactly what he would that's, do.
0: That's mature behavior. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's a good awareness you have of yourself, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But one of the things we talked about was uh, being able to be anchored in yourself and being able to feel someone else's pain, but not letting yourself get tangled up in it. And it's a skill that you can learn that makes it a lot easier to deal with that. So she said, you know, she's like, I'm a therapist. I take people's pain all day long. Like that's Mm. what they bring in with them. Um, I have to be able to keep myself separate that I am not them, you know, and be able to walk out and go see the next person. Um, Anyway, How do
1: you do that? That, that that to me sounds like we didn't get to the lesson able to do yet. That, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if you're able to do that, it sounds like a prostitute that can sit there and take cock all day long, <laughs> and then like go home and actually enjoy having sex with their partner. You know, that's I mean, and if somebody can do that, they're fucking just like
0: I don't know if that was Jesus a level. Anal- I don't know
1: if that was a perfect analogy. Or it's a I like it good one. It was care,
0: it's perfect or not? <laughs>
1: I got to say, cock. It was perfect for this podcast.
0: <laughs> it does, it does fit our brand. Sadly, <laughs> 100% shit.
2: Dick jokes while still being hey, by the sensitive. Way, it-
1: Uh, Yeah, dick jokes while finding mindfulness. Hey, what about that, uh, is the ball shaver guy uh, ever call you back? Oh, man, those
0: fuckers, it was a scam. They
1: like wanted me to, so I got contacted
0: on on, uh, Instagram or something from some like a ball shaving company. They had like a ball trimmer and they asked me if I wanted to like be part of their advertising team and we were like, oh, that fits our brand perfectly. I will totally trim my balls and talk about how awesome it was. And then they were like, Did "Yeah, I, you, all I you get have to do a free is one buy for this. You a guest." The, well, then they were like, "All you have to do is buy the kit and then tell us about it." I'm like, oh, "Fuck you. I want you to send me one." <laughs> <laughs> do you not know how this Do you not know how this influencer thing works? Yeah, right. right? <laughs> you are like, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> yeah. We just don't think you're that influential. We
2: yeah, we know who you're influencing. <laughs>
0: Oh, That's well, great. someday, someday someone will send me a ball shaving kit and I can talk about it on the air. That's right. One fine yeah. day. Yes. So, uh, I guess we, we got a little sidetrack. I wanted to ask you a little bit, going back to that idea of damaged masculinity and how that was coming, how that was coming out and playing out in your life, like what were the things that were going south that, that made you feel that that was a, an underlying issue?
2: Wow. Um, so I'm gonna say a lot of things. It's hard for me to really to recognize things from that past. Um, hmm. I can look back and see where I've gotten, mm-hmm. how I've gotten where I am. But to like really tune in to what decisions and things I made is is kind of hard for me.
0: I mean I know, it's hard it's... to get yourself back in that headspace or where you were it's then? hard
2: for like my memory doesn't work that way like timetables and things like that it's i just you know I, i've i've been asked to teach on this next sunday actually like my journey my my transformational journey and it's it's been hard like i know how bad i felt and i know how good i feel now hmm. and that that every day but like step by step i get lost in like i don't remember what led me to what you know but um so from today's perspective like what i had with that wounded masculinity uh, so i've been divorced 10 years and i've been in two relationships that have been over a month Hmm. Um, And I wouldn't even know if I considered them relationships. I was just talking to the same person and having sex with the same person for over four weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was my damaged masculinity. Like, I couldn't connect with people. I felt so disconnected from me. And Hmm. that's where the ceremonies have really helped me, like, get back into who I am. Um, but yeah, I, the trauma, I guess of it is, is I no longer allowed myself to feel Mm -hmm. because I had been hurt so many times before my value, my self-esteem was just in the shitter. Yeah. Um, my first wife, we dated in college for eight years on and off. And I wasn't in college for eight years. I'm, I'm no doctor. But, uh. <laughs> hey! That's my
1: fucking line! Sorry. <laughs> Lots of that's people go to college yeah. for eight years.
2: Yeah, I think it's the college line first.
1: No, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, I mean, yes, but. <clears throat> I went to college for seven years, and they don't talk me. They don't call me Dr. Soch, all right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> But I kept going back to her because I was such a piece of shit that she's the only person that will ever love me. And oh. Wow. So that and we were married for 13 months.
0: Was it a toxic so, relationship, but you just felt like you couldn't do any better?
2: It wasn't, it wasn't. Like I, w- I was the toxic part in it. like she allowed me mm. to be a piece of shit and then finally had enough of it and thank god she did because um i'm so loyal i would have stuck with it i i would choose misery over leaving like, hmm. over quitting and that's not a good trait that's not you know <laughs> that's not living a good life I'm,
0: it's not as admirable as it feels at the time <laughs> yes,
2: right, but i'm very yeah. very loyal i don't quit <laughs> um
1: what?
2: There's, it's there's tricky
1: a, too. How, yeah. How do you mean? Uh, well, I just mean like that, that's a really tricky thing. I, I know I've, you know, I've I've had to do a lot of of exploration on. Like, am I just being loyal? You know, is is a just being loyal? You know, is she just sitting near. You know, do we have these huge codependency issues, and we're just kind of like feeding each other's misery? Or yes.
0: Oh, sorry. sorry. I thought you were asking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Enoch, you better go see that therapist again. <laughs> or... Oh, God. You took him back. You know, when I've, I've <clears throat> talked to Glenn... Yeah, I, 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 I've talked to Glenn about this a lot, too, because... Glenn, Glenn is his so therapist. Much, he's more my guru. Therapist Sorry. friend, yeah, okay. Let's let's not try to box each other in with this wounded masculinity concept. All right, man.
0: Okay, Glenn's right, my man. guy. All right, all right. All right. You romance.
1: used to be my guy. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. Um, but anyway, it, you know, I talk, when I, when I do go see Glenn as a therapist, um, you know, I, I, a lot of times I'll I'll talk to him like you know, I'm, now that I'm in this better headspace, and these 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 fights happen right man and I when we still get in these fights I mean they're still huge and we still kind of like revert back to the old us as far as like attacking each other Hmm. instead of just trying to argue for and with each other as like you know like this beautiful couple how what's bullshit you know what what's what's codependency like toxic relationship what's bullshit what's you know, false narratives, the devil, whatever you want to call it, sitting there barking at me saying, hey, you know, you you need to get divorced. You need to get out of here, man. You know, you need to bail on the kids and the wife so that you can go and be the best version of you. Then you can come back and help them instead of, hey, this is yours. You've done so well here and it's a good thing and there's so much love and you need to stay right here because this is yours and you need to make this better here now you're not bailing and th- to me and for me you know that is the truth but it's it's hard it's really hard because mm-hmm. and you know, as a funny side note it seems i was telling Enoch, I was like yeah everybody we fucking talked to on this show is like i got divorced quit my job and you know i'm really fucking happy now and like, now I'm like <laughs> my, my purpose in life and i'm like yeah, man, we might need to like quit talking to these guys.
0: Or... We're going to find ourselves on a... to be fucking homeless. With we're, gonna, the... we're gonna find ourselves on a couple of motorcycles, just tearing ass across the countryside
1: with yeti <laughs> microphones
0: and nobody else. <laughs> three <laughs> listeners trying to hook up on free Wi-Fi.)
1: <laughs> but the serious point of that is, you know, it's tricky because... What, what is there is definite toxic parts to it, and uh, you we got to do the work to kind of fix that to, to, to refill the cup while we're still in it, you know. But am I just being loyal? Is she just being loyal? Are we just you know, I, I don't have the answer to that, and hmm. exactly, I, I got a feeling, and it, it's better, but you know, I don't know, I really don't know. And uh, I hate saying that Because I know You know She'll listen to these Every now and then And I don't want her To listen to this And be like What in the mo- Well fuck you too You know that kind yeah. of thing But it's, Well I think um, the
2: fact that You can have that conversation With yourself And Honest Like You're still in it You guys are yeah. both Putting in effort And I think Like once the effort stops That's when the That conversation Really gets in Like I wasn't putting any effort in. I, right. I mm. was a piece of shit, you know. Yeah. Even through my my marriage with my daughter's mom, um, I played that victim card hard. Like she left me. She did this. She stepped out on me.
0: Mm. I
2: gave her every opportunity to. You know, mm. I'm responsible for my part of it. Mm. Where that talk, to- where that part went toxic or wounding where that wound really opened up was in in that i was i took on all the blame like she did nothing wrong it was all me it was all me and that was her wounds attacking me and because i'm such uh recovering now nice guy like i took it like you're right i am a monster i am piece of shit and well that fit the story that
0: fit the story you wanted to tell yourself nicely you know
2: perfect yes
0: yes yeah i I I think uh what what you're saying i like what you said about doing the work you know and i think like one of the things we've done some couples therapy and it was really powerful and very helpful for us um and, but I think, like, one of the things, the biggest factors in success in couples therapy is actually just showing up and doing the work. Like, I don't think, like, the specific modality you use or whatever matters near as much as if you've got two people who actually want to try to make it happen, they, they, there's a good chance they will, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And stay away from words like codependent. Glenn, Glenn told me that word, like, in the beginning— and I uh, came back like a week later and I said, hey, brother, um, you got to quit saying stuff like that to me because I'm like a 16-year-old with a Ferrari. <laughs> I'm just going to wrap that thing right around the first telephone telephone pole I find, okay? <laughs> I, just, I just brought that word home and like, just, I think you might remember, all right. Big fight. <laughs> Bad idea.
2: That, that's the problem with labels, right?
1: Right? Especially when so. you're sticky. <clears throat> So, just yeah, well, I guarantee
0: I guarantee you brought a knife to that gunfight.
1: Oh yeah, I did, yeah, is very uh knows my wife very well, Kent, and any fight I go into is bring a knife to a gunfight. And all I got it, the only way I ever uh first off, there's no way to win a fight, anybody says otherwise, you know you're just not getting how it works. But hmm. the only way that you can outlast the other person is to just refuse to die with all these bullet holes pouring, and just keep just. <laughs> 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 I
2: refuse to quit. It's not. It's I not refuse pretty. to
1: quit hurting you.
2: <laughs> and that, that that brings up something too. In in uh, <clears throat> the big leap, a book that uh, was was presented to me, I the all arguments are is who can be the biggest victim. And that's what all, all arguments are is you hurt me. Well, okay. You hurt me this way. Well, you hurt me this way. And it's who can out victimize the other person is the winner. And I thought that was a brilliant look at what arguments and things are about. Like that's an interesting reframing. Yeah. Like, Instead of just, you hurt me, and, and moving from that, it's, it's well, I hurt you because you hurt me. Well, I hurt, and just that tit-tat back and forth over and over, it's like, nobody mm-hmm. wins that.
1: It's No, because all it, you're trying to do is tear them down with that, with exactly. that information. You're not trying to open up a door or or, or create a new uh, paradigm, new dynamic, or something like that. You're not trying to, to heal anything with that. You're... Your pain, your hurt is your weapon to drag them down with you.
0: Kent, mm-hmm. where where the hell were you a couple of a couple of weeks ago when we had our big fight? We could <laughs> <laughs> We could have used some couples therapy. <laughs> we
1: we should have done a ceremony together, hold <laughs> hands and <laughs> You know,
2: I often I often sit joke. there and shit all the way over each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like college.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? uh, i often like relationships mean the world to me like i mm. i have a friend she was afraid to tell me that she had gotten engaged because she didn't want to hurt me um and i guess i've hmm. i've at some point had told her like uh, that basically my wound i guess was talking of you know it sucks being single right so mm-hmm. she didn't want okay. to throw in my face that she had gotten engaged, and I was like, "I thought
0: maybe you guys had a marriage pact, like we are." Yeah, no, <laughs> or neither one of us gets married you, by the time or, we're sixty.
1: Or, I was, just, yeah, or, or like two days before, you'd said, "Hey, I've just discovered my real true feelings for you." Right? And yeah, <laughs> I've always loved you. <laughs> but this but is I, awkward. It hurt. Like,
2: I was like, "No, I'm fucking happy for <clears> you." You know, I'm not one of those guys that, yeah. you know, can't find love and don't want love to exist.
0: Like It, so I it wasn't it wasn't her news. It wasn't her news that hurt you. It was the fact that she thought you were so fragile she couldn't share it with you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah and, that, that that would sting.
2: Um, but what what led me to saying that was like I love seeing people happy. I love watching happy couples. That it's like mm-hmm. There is good things in the world, like people do love each other, and so I often joke sometimes about being a relationship coach or something along those lines, where I, I have a lot of knowledge on how to fuck up relationships. So if I just do, if I if I Here. preach the opposite of what I did, that's going to help somebody. So
0: here's what I did: don't do that.
2: Yeah. yeah. You want to know how to fuck up a relationship? Listen to what I did do.
0: (laughs) Hey, um, I I was a little curious. You you alluded to earlier about, uh, you know, you were looking for men in your life. Mm -hmm. And I was I was a little curious. I know we talked about your dad a little bit and how that that influence and you kind of took on some of his scars for yourself. But what about the men that you have have or have or had in your life? Like what were those relationships like? Were they healthy relationships? Were you building each other up? Were you tearing each other down? What what would you say? And has that changed since you've been with every man?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes, I'm sure maybe a note th- sprinkled in there too, but,
0: uh, it was a, they, l- it was a little bit mentioned. of a meandering question. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm an expert at those. <laughs> yeah,
2: you are. I ask a lot of questions and statements. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had, uh, most of mine male relationships were college buddies and they were exactly, you know, bros. Um, I looked Mm -hmm. at them as family, and in that second divorce, they all left me because I was in such an emotional state. Like, I needed help Mm -hmm. um, that they couldn't provide. I was a mirror for their Mm -hmm. relationships, too, I think. Like, um, especially being divorced twice, and everybody else in their first marriage with kids but I knew their secrets. Like Mm. they weren't happy. And we would talk about that. And I think with 10 plus years now of reflection, like I think that just made them uneasy and they couldn't be an emotional support without seeing the flaws in their own shit. Um, so no, those weren't healthy relationships. And what I've also learned Mm. is like, I was very transactional in my friendship. Like, I, I would subconsciously keep a, a tally marks of I'm doing this I'm doing this and then when I need it I'm gonna be able to cash in on everything I've done for you and all the times I've been there and when I needed them and they dropped ship I was like fuck you know where do I go now so I just
0: went where, into where do a I cave. take these receipts <laughs> exactly this is Confederate uh, money uh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the south will rise again in my ass yeah exactly
2: so now yes they have changed um I I was resistant to to finding men because I couldn't trust them I Mm. I didn't fully trust my dad I didn't you know after that happened and I was I felt essentially friendless Mm. um Nobody was checking in on, or very, very few people were checking in on me. Like new people actually entered my life because they could see that they needed me or that I needed
0: them. Yeah. And this was a time when you really needed checking in on.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I think most people have suicidal thoughts. Um, and I, I never acted on them. I never wanted to, because, you know, mm-hmm. it was, and, and you had a podcast about it. I thought it was it was really good. You know, I've sat at that train crossing, being like,
0: "Hmm." Yeah.
2: Just, 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 just the other side of this gate. You know, all, yep. all could. Wouldn't be take.
0: Wouldn't take much. Just a little bit of pressure. You know.
1: Yeah. But not too much. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just end up on the other side, and now I got to pay for this car. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But knowing like what that would do to everybody else, like I can suffer through this so that others don't have to. Um, hmm. But yeah, I need a check in on. I, and that's, that's goes back to earlier. Like I never, I have not been in a place where I have loved myself and that I've known what I want and encompassed. And confident in who I am confident in, in what I want and what I want to be like that was never modeled um I did date one of the one of the gals that I dated for more than four four weeks saw saw me for who I was not who I was being right um mm-hmm. and she put me in touch with a transformational uh seminar locally here in Kansas City and I resisted that so hard. And <laughs> I, 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 like, she introduced that to me and I just shoved her away. I'm like, fuck you, I don't need this. Um, and a few months I'm later, I was like, like you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you you see greatness in me? You can go fuck yourself. You, you, you must yeah. be blind. I, am a, I am
0: a perfect pile of shit here. <laughs> your
2: and I was. I was a perfect pile of shit. But uh
0: I like she... to stink.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm getting visions of pizza the hut. I don't know why. That you know, he, he disgusts me. You beautiful boss.
1: <laughs> You're a beautiful boss. You kind of have that robot, like, don't you? Uh, he's going for
0: he's going for a max headroom thing actually.
1: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, a few months later I decided to go through this transformational seminar and Oh, it's just like, okay. What
0: was that? Was it a, do you, is the, does the organization have a name or is it yeah, people might have Yeah, it's called Focus
2: Seminars. Um, okay. They, they used to travel the country. Now they're pretty much home based in Kansas City. Um, they've had some people pick up and they're doing some work in Cincinnati now, too. Um,
1: And what, but, what, what, do, what, what is that? Like, what are these transformational seminars like? What's there's,
2: it? is like an experiential training. So, It was over the course of three weekends, Uh, so it was a three-day weekend, a week off, a five-day week, yeah, five-day weekend, a week off, and then another three-day weekend. Wow. Um, And just experiential work of small groups, large group, one-on-one. Of here's a scenario, here's a topic, you know, talk about it and put yourself back into some shit that. Is uncomfortable um yeah. and just really like for me what i took away with it is oh yeah i'm responsible for this mess like um you know going back to and it, it's still like within the past month i've still wanted to be the victim of my dad's you know of that story um hmm. but
0: so it's, it's so a, easy to fall back into those old stories. It's like a it's like a nice nice fitting coat, you know. It just feels good. I'm right. just gonna put this back on. Well, <laughs> and yeah, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you, you
2: said thing. that because in that last weekend, um, the facilitator was like you. You're wearing a new suit now, and it'll be very easy <clears> to go back and put on that old jacket, but it won't fit the same. <clears throat> and so many people will walk around that have been through this in that uncomfortable suit. Like I know better. And, you know, I call it the judgment loop that I get trapped in all the time. Like I'm doing all this work. I know better. I should feel better. So I'm going to judge myself for no one to be better. And then yes. judge myself. It's just that fucking judgment. It's so tiring. Mm. But, yes. uh, yeah. So I did that. That was in November of 16 and that was the catalyst like it just from there i i was a training assistant with them a couple times where i went in and i helped facilitate and kept learning kept learning and i had been doing the self-help books and shit like that where you know that was the work i'm reading i'm doing the work i wasn't yeah, putting right. anything into yeah. action
0: like oh this sounds this was a yeah. good idea
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i could see how that could work for you but my life's too fucked i can't do that
1: <laughs> pretty, yeah pretty story yeah um
2: <clears throat> yeah it's so it just and i through that i found a coach um did some equine therapy working with horses and
1: how is that that sounds awesome
0: yeah
2: it, it's like voodoo magic it really is, uh, at least the way it was demonstrated to me.
0: And, so and, don't get excited. They don't let you bang the horse. No, no, no,
1: no. no. I'm, I'm actually, <laughs> weirdly enough, I, that's per, it's awesome that you said that because it's dead on, right? Uh, weirdly enough, though, I'm just sitting here and I'm just about to ta- text my wife. Uh, you know, not that he needs it, but he's freaking 13, right? And all that is anger, hormones, and that kind of bullshit, right? except he's got this huge heart and just Mm. when he's around the other he he definitely goes and be in the moment where he's supposed to be and him saying that was just like i think my oldest would just freaking just not only benefit but just love this yeah because he recently rode horses at some christian church camp Mm. and um just he was like all about it, and I'm, we're gonna go and do some stuff up at uh, Petty Jean or Pinnacle or somewhere. <clears throat> and but you, you just saying that, Kent? I was seriously. I'm when you're sitting here, me texting. I'm texting the wife, going, "Hey, we need to drive them quiet there before my yeah jacket, yeah." So. Well, so yeah, but we also banging horses, <laughs>
0: <laughs> bang <We> horses, check. <laughs>
2: Bucket list <laughs> <laughs> seize the opportunity. Uh,
0: but so yeah, it, we're, it was magical. We're juveniles. Go ahead, Ken. No, it's good. It's good. But, I the, no, the thing no, I yeah, forget to that. do
2: is have fun. Like I get so serious <laughs> about my myself and the work. It's like that's dude That is
0: absolutely but, true. I find myself getting in that trap where you're just like, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the work, and I'm like, oh my god, my life is devoid of joy. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: Oh god. I
0: usually I usually solve that problem <clears> by uh throwing a pair
1: of uh Amanda's underwear on my face after we've done, you know, on the head and just prance around for the kids.
2: Oh yeah. That, um, nice.
1: Dude, that loosen that loosens it up real yeah, quick. It gets
2: right. everybody
1: like in the I mood. even think the wife, Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think even the wife has finally stopped going you know, gritting her teeth like <laughs> you're making fun of me. More like, Oh, you know what, that's cute. Yeah, I see what you're doing. That's good. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> I want to get back to that uh, the, the horse therapy though, yeah. Kent. Okay. I want you to talk about that, man So, yeah, we'd have a coaching session You
2: know, 30 minutes Checking in, seeing where I'm at And we'd we'd go out to the pen And she had about six horses to choose from And based on where I was at She had the intuition of which horse to bring in and, You know, the very first time she did it she, she got in the pen I don't know, it's 50, 75 diameter pen, foot pin and um she's getting the center and she'd tell me what to do what we're gonna do is we're gonna guide the horse to to walk in a circle clockwise and then we'll work it up to a trot and then we'll bring it back down stop turn him around and do the same thing the other way and she's demonstrating it it's like fuck phew, i can do this And so she steps Ah. out, I step in, and and you got one of those, not whips, but little tether things that kind of get their attention. (laughs) You start whopping the horse.
0: (laughs) Go on! Get going! I said go, motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) And so... And that's how I got horse bit. (laughs) (laughs) I did.
2: I I did get to punch one of them once, and that brought up a lot of shit. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so I that, get in... That's and what it's you're supposed to do about, if they bite, right? Um, if they I don't bite, know about that. you're supposed that. to punch they, them, right?
0: That's what i always one, heard.
2: This, in this <laughs> circumstance, the one was bullying me, like, kept, like, nudging me and pushing me. And she's like, you know, he's telling you, get that shit out. And, like, you know, you're not going to hurt him. Hit him. You know, and this was her biggest horse. Um, it was a, not a Clydesdale, but whatever. It was basically... Um, and so I did. I hit Big him. Horse. Yeah, hit him in the throat. Whatever, neck. And I punched the horse in the throat, and it went down.
1: I um, can't. <laughs> he's a bad motherfucker.
0: No yeah. blazing saddles, right?
1: Um, <laughs> Mongo. Mongo. Where are the white women at? <laughs>
2: What do you like to do? Checkers and fuck. <laughs> well,
1: let's play checkers. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I a good. One. That I usually don't. So I usually don't bow down to somebody on Blazing Saddle. Quest. <laughs> I'm going to. That was good, Kent. That was real good.
2: Um, but I start crying immediately after I hit him. Like, oh man! And she's like, yeah. "Would that come up?" And it's like, I'm not fucking violent, you know. But, yeah. uh, but getting those horses to do what you want. And this actually came up Monday. Monday, yeah. My coach passed away. She, she passed away a few weeks ago, or a month or so ago now. But um, I sat in a ceremony, and this was a social situation. And it was a heart opener, right? Um, and it was just free, freedom to walk around, and I'll bring it back to the horses, I promise. But, like, feeling love, feeling just like being able to be truly who I am and who I, was, who I feel like I was born to be was awesome. And people would come to me. People would invite me to sit down and share with them. And I could be held while holding them and all this just wonderful stuff. And Monday, I was reflecting back on it. And I was starting to have that doubt. That oh, was just the ceremony. Like, people don't really look at me that way. And blah, blah, blah. And clear as a bell, I heard Andy's voice say, the horse could be anywhere in this pen, but it's deciding to be with you in this moment. And that, like, hit my heart, brought tears to my eyes. I thanked her for being there and telling me that. And because that goes back to the horses aren't going to listen to you unless you're, her big word was congruent. If your insides match your outside, the horse will be with you. And hmm. so whenever I got out of being in my heart, the horse would walk away and not give a shit about me, just be on the other side of the pen. And then when those instances would come up, Andy would be there and she'd be coaching me from outside the pen. And I would slowly start getting centered again and be back in my body and present. And next thing I know, that horse is standing right there beside me with me. And wow. she's like, and I would tell her, I'm like, you're just, this is voodoo magic. You're a witch doctor. Talk about
0: talk about instant feedback, man.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. And that's what she would always say too. It's like, these horses are instant feedback. Um, you know, and so when that horse was bullying me, she's like, "Don't let it do it. You let people walk all over you. You're a people pleaser. Stop doing it. Don't be afraid to push back." And so when I when I did that to that horse and I started crying, it it allowed me to explore like how resistant I am to that pushing people away or not pushing people away because I'm very good at that, but at <laughs> knowing what I want and what I need. Like stop getting in my space and so every time that he got in my space I just pushed him back you know and it was okay to claim my space and and take up room which is something that I've always been uncomfortable with is hmm. apologizing for these conversations well you didn't ask me to go this deep you know and and things right. like that so it's like I'm sorry I'm sorry you don't you didn't want to hear that like you know whether or not you did I am, and it's okay. So,
0: you're making I, me you're you're making me think of something that you brought up recently. Uh, a book that apparently is has been uh, a pretty big influence on you. You talked about uh, the No More Mister Nice Guy.
2: Yeah. Yes, that has been. You a talk about that a little bit. Ah, sure. Um, I'm in the middle of reading it. I mean, uh, you don't
1: have to if you don't want to.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm not an expert on it. (laughs) I I, I see where you're coming at.
1: You can push back, Kent. Yeah, Yeah.
2: you know what, You can push
0: back if you want, Kent.
2: I've decided no, I do not want to talk about it.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So, you're sabotaging the show. I know, right? (laughs) From the inside.
2: (laughs) I've decided this interview is over. Um... (laughs) Damn! <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is on South. <laughs>
1: that escalated real quick. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy. It's I, I've I've listened to it twice, and while working, driving. So my my only hesitance to speak into it is I'm not an expert in it yet, but it is it has been a big influence. Yeah, like I. I had a conversation on a date and I brought it up because I'm not afraid to fucking just dive deep into the, to the deep end. And if you can't swim, fuck you, you don't, you don't deserve to be with me. But, uh, she brought in like, you know, the difference between a nice guy and a good man. Right. And I was like, I enjoyed that. That's good. So my goal right now is to become a good man. Um, hmm. and fuck that nice guy. Cause yeah, the nice guy.
0: So what's the difference between a nice guy and a good man?
2: Uh, a nice guy will do everything in his power to protect his image. And, um, a good man does what's right out of out of his own integrity, I guess, out of his, from his own values. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, good guys are master manipulators. Uh, and I fit the Mm -hmm. bill on a lot of this stuff. Um, compulsive behaviors um you know secretive lives like i i i've lived a secret life and you know enoch you know from our group like that's i'm learning that that's what we're doing in our men's group is we are getting rid of the shame we have of Hmm. the secrets that we've been holding on to and and being able to sit in a room with men without judgment over them is what is really and that's what the book really is it's find a group of trusted men that you can unload these shame secrets with and like especially like around pornography and how we use that to numb and cope um Mm. drugs alcohol any numbing source that we use it's it's to not feel anymore and a good man feels. Like mm-hmm. um I see an energy healer and she punched me in the nuts with a comment that she made that my feminine side is strong. And Sorry,
0: I th- I thought you meant she literally punched you in the nuts for a minute and I was like, Holy she shit. She would I'm, have,
2: I think. She's,
1: she's I would that- like her
0: name <laughs> so I don't go see her.
1: <laughs> no, you'd want to see her. Um, um I was really thinking this is so you're into bad. it never, never mind yeah this, this is
2: <laughs> this is not going down that road but <clears throat> she so beautifully did it like and but she triggered me in that and it took me back to that schoolyard wow. boy that i don't even have a memory of uh you know of, but we've talked you know Enoch in the group of house mm-hmm. being growing up a sensitive kid and yeah. What I'm learning, too, through a lot is like how much resistance I have and how it shows up in so many different ways. Like When she said my feminine energy was high, I went back and I heard, I'm weak, I'm a pussy, I'm a faggot, I'm all these things that were thrown on us at an early age, growing up in the 80s, of what Mm -hmm. it means to be a man. And when she said I had high levels of feminine energy, I was like, I was shamed by it and all this other stuff. Like,
0: bitch, please. Right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'll show you fucking feminine energy, bitch. Yeah, Um, right. But what it did was it forced me, like, that's where I'm at in my journey right now with balancing that masculine. Because I'm afraid of my masculine side because of how much Hulk-style rampage and rage that I've thrown out into the world. And Mm. that's what it means to be masculine is to be wounded and, and toxic and all that. And it's like, no, that is, that's the complete opposite of what it means to be masculine. And so
0: relearning. So that's what you mean by that. That's what you mean by that balance is you're trying to find that healthy masculinity. Right. Yes. Yeah. The, that's great.
2: and, And I think that's what's, you originally asked like if i was willing to share about some some journeys i've been on and i'm more than welcome to happy to to talk about those because reflecting now like those have been showing up in those journeys of of being welcomed in my skin so i'll let you introduce the next segment as you want
0: sure yeah, So, it, mm-hmm. and we've talked uh, about a bit of this off the air separately, um, and you've alluded to ceremonies you've been involved with, um, but I'd be curious to know, you, I know you have some experience with uh, ayahuasca and uh, as sort of a spiritual experience and I uh, I don't know if I'd call it a psychological device, sort of on your journey, uh, but I'd be curious if you'd speak to that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I would absolutely from, from my point of view, called a psychological device. Um, hmm. I, again, I am no expert in it as a whole. I'm an expert in it as my experience with it. Um, I've gone, I've been through three ceremonies, which to some people is a lot. And to my community, it's very few, <laughs> um, <laughs> this new community that I'm a part of. And it's, so
0: there's like a there's a serious there's a community of people who this yeah, is like, a, like
2: and so like so many people I think right now that are being introduced to it it's mm-hmm. from podcasts like uh, yeah. I know we share Dak yeah. Shepard. we listen I listen to him and he's yeah. brought it up several times and I don't listen to Rogan but I know he's a big
0: proponent of at least DMT um, mm-hmm. but I kept yeah why don't about you it. for anybody who Anybody who doesn't know, why don't you explain what is ayahuasca?
2: Okay. Yeah. It is a combination of a root and a flower that are found primarily in South America. And from what I understand, they don't grow anywhere near each other. So Hmm. like the mystic side of it is like somebody had the calling to bring these two things together and present it. And it is a hallucinogenic, it's, it's called the grandmother. So Mother Earth, grandmother, like, takes you on a journey. And it's very, very mm. powerful. Um, you see, you hear a lot, feel a lot. There is purging. And I think that part of it is taken to the extreme. Um, well, I say that, but I also, I can never, I don't know if I could ever do it in the Amazon. Like I thought you had to, because when that urge to purge, especially number two comes, it's like, I'm not going to find a tree to squat around or, you know, but evidently like you're just free to do it yourself. And so I have had that experience where I thought I did shit myself and piss myself, but I was able to get up, go to the restroom and check and I didn't. So that was a big plus.
1: That's um, crazy. So I got okay, that going for me, which is yeah. <laughs>
2: And we share, you know, we jokingly said I I don't suffer with IBS and um No, I I I do in a sense, but uh so that was a big fear of mine going into it. Um, sure. But, but yeah, silent meditation, you sit there silently you lay there and you just go on a journey and everyone's different every single experience of mine has been different in in so many ways but
0: Hmm. um and how long do these ceremonies last
2: oh six to eight hours
0: um wow usually
2: check in at night um uh yeah from like eight p.m. to 3 a.m. somewhere in, in that time frame is usually usually how long it'll last. Um, hmm. You usually have an opportunity to take different amount of servings. Um, hmm. So I've done in two ceremonies I've had two servings and my most recent I was getting I was preparing to take a second serving and as I went to get up I was thrown back down and said nope I've got all I need and that's Mm -hmm. when my journey really began and it was probably the roughest one that I've experienced as far as like battling the demons if you will Um, you know Uh I I felt my and it's weird because you can in my experience I have had that consciousness still with me like I know what's going on I know it's not real but it's also so real um. And hmm. so it, it is it, in that aspect. It is an out of body experience where you get to really see. I, I I was able to see myself from a different viewpoint. Um, you know, and one of the mm. stories I always tell this was my first experience. I, you know, I felt the urge to purge, and I usually exit everything exits the south end on me typically. Um, I have found like, I have a resistance to throwing up. I don't like doing it. And so I resist that. And yeah, I've stunted my growth in these ceremonies because of that resistance. I believe because Hmm. what that purge is, is getting rid of that. If you believe and subscribe to the fact that negative energy lives in your body, that's what's trying to be released. Hmm. And I will, I don't have the science behind it. But I will argue tooth and nail over it because one of the purges I was in, I I got up, I looked in, and it was just like black tar in the toilet. And it didn't scare me. It didn't do anything. I I hit that lever with a huge smile on my face and just watched it go away, and I knew it was not going to come back. And Hmm. that's the – I mean – for me, there's magic in that. There's there's healing in that. Knowing like... There's a lot of... You know, literal... And I'm not even sure if it's literal. But it could all be figurative crap in that toilet. Because my last ceremony that I did... I swear I shit and pissed myself. And in that one, I was wearing all white. And so I was scared <laughs> to get up. Of <laughs> course. And as soon as I let go of that control, which I I am so good at, like all that warm feeling that I had from it went away. And hmm. then, then out of nowhere, like that urge came and I was like, okay, I've got to get up and walk to the bathroom. And I looked, you know, I'm sitting there, my, my pants are around my knees. I look, I'm like, oh, that's clean. I'm like, but is it, though? And I put my hands in gotta there. got to the check. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is clean. All right. I'm all good. And it's just that.
0: And it's, it sounds, the way you're describing these experiences, it sounds, it's much less a, a pleasurable thing and much more a powerful thing. Was the, right. Do you, you think that's a fair? I would, yeah. It's... So what have you gotten out of it, like for uh, psychologically or spiritually? What is it? What is it that, that you feel like it's brought to you? You've gone back twice now, so you've done three ceremonies. So cl- oh, gone yeah. back
2: twice, yeah. yeah um, so it's
0: clearly something you're getting something out of it. So what is it?
2: I am so. A couple things that the first one was just a beautiful ceremony, the way it was put on, but uh, like I remember. The bathrooms were lit by candles, and I did a lot of purging that night. Um, and I remember sitting there, the, the candle is on the toilet tank behind me, right? So I'm casting a shadow in front of me, and it's huge. And I'm a big guy, but it was, it was smoother, rounder, and the head was like no neck, so it was kind of like, you know, that. And I was just looking at it and i thought i'm a pres like i'm a big person like i need to own that i need to own the space that i take and i and it wasn't a weight big it was like i have a lot to give like embrace hmm. this and i just it was it was own myself like be proud. Don't shrink. My grandfather was with me on that one, too. Hmm. Um, I, he didn't speak to me or anything, but I sensed that he was with me. And it was kind of, he he was telling me to use my voice. Um, because the facilitators, or the shaman, I guess, the next day appreciated me, like, singing along with them, like doing the chants and things. And I was like, I thought that was all in my head. I didn't realize I was actually doing it. But when they said Hmm. that my grandfather was there while I was doing it. And I, and it it was for me, it was like, I'm the one that's supposed to take the family over. Like he's gone, he's passing the torch to me to be the leader and to just experience that. Hmm. Um, that was a huge takeaway. Um, this last one that I did in April, I think was more or less around trusting myself like stop stop being influenced by everybody else. like, like and that goes back into the masculinity aspect of, of where I'm wanting to be. make a stand for me. And don't compromise it. Don't don't let people get in the way. Um, don't roll them over, but do not compromise my myself for anybody else. And
1: hmm. I'm so quick to do that, like that people pleaser aspect. Um, hey, Kent, yeah. Do you find have you found um, like in actual changes that you've made? We've talked uh, on the podcast quite a bit about. Um you know when you were talking about the targeting exited you know purge it out it it's the stuff that we consume in you know right. all the, you, you talked about the, the presence not being weight, and I'm always trying to think about as a dad <clears throat> not just myself but how to how to like hey, you know, don't worry about your weight that is an insignificant that that number doesn't fucking matter mm. your health matters your diet you know if you want to watch something, watch your diet, stuff like that. But have you noticed a change in what you've consumed? I don't mean food so much, although sure, you know, that'd be a great thing. But I mean just the the you know podcast or, or books or just images. Just walking around the earth, what you? I, I, I kind of feel like we're like cells, and we, especially when we've done the work and and we're sitting in this better place, we can we allow what we want to enter in Mm. we allow you know we make the choice of what we consume every day so I I just wondered if if you had noticed a change in what you consume now
2: yeah absolutely and like that interconnectedness of everything is really present for me in Mm. before in it and then afterwards and if we're not if I'm not present I will let that go away. Like I will go back into old habits. And that that is slowly starting to get stripped from me, like allowing myself hmm. to go back into such bad habits. Um
0: So that feeling that that feel interconnectedness feeling is something you carried with you out of the ceremony. It's not mm. like something you experience at the time and then it goes away. You're still really feel that physically feeling. Yeah.
2: Feel it. I- especially that first ceremony, it lasted probably three or four weeks. Like I was riding that cloud high and just like breathing easier. Like just looking at life and other people with so much more empathy. Like I, 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 like my heart was with them. Like, you're not, you're not a bad person. You're just going back to the wound. You're wounded and you're, you're acting out. So that you can be seen, and um, you know, every action is a cry for help. If you look at it like that, and just like, you know, how can, how do you need to be healed? What you know, and that's recently too come up, like with me and coaching and getting more into that realm. Like there has been a part of me that has, that is afraid to say that I'm a healer. And that I want to heal people, and hmm. like if I if I could, I would wipe pain out from, you know, not entirely because we need it, right? We need that pain, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just I want to be an agent of good in this world to help take away as much as I can for people because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. But it, it's gotten me more in tune with that side. And going back to my healer who said, like my heart is my strongest uh, gift. And growing up in the 80s, like I talked earlier, if, you, if you're a sensitive kid, you're not a man. And yeah. so I allowed my heart to, I built that armor around. Rambo
0: it. didn't have a big heart.
2: No, fuck no, he
1: didn't. Uh, He pulls
0: arrows out of his fucking gut and stitches himself up. But (laughs) with (laughs)
1: gunpowder
2: And doesn't shed a tear at all. But yeah, just owning that part of me and being okay with it and like that's that Yeah uh, there's something beautiful about it that Yeah. I, that's the gift that i want to give especially to men like stop fucking stop the bullshit because yeah. all you're doing is you're hurting the people around you but you're more important. you're just you're disconnecting yourself like yeah conversation communication in a world where it's so easy to communicate we fucking suck at it
0: and <laughs> right like, guilty <laughs> yeah, I mean, just listen. T-
1: I, I would, I would actually argue that the three of us are probably, you know, more mindful, enlightened, uh, supposedly good at communication than um, a vast majority, and we suck. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we can't. Mm-hmm. It, it's so difficult for us to articulate the thoughts that are in our minds to one another in the safe, vulnerable mm-hmm. spot. If you know. And I don't—I don't mean that in that judgy way, right? Know? It's like, oh, I suck. We're all piles of shit. No, but we can all hear the difficulty with the three of us in trying to articulate what it, what's in our hearts hmm. and our minds to one another, and it's—and it's wild because we're really smart, <laughs> <laughs> like um, honestly, the top five percent, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think sometimes uh, being smart, you can't see my air quotes at home if you're listening, but uh, being smart or, or analytical, I think is almost a, a it's its a handicap Detriment. in this arena. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm really good at, at theorizing and strategizing and talking my way around an issue without ever telling you how I feel.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. And But it shouldn't be. This analytical part of us that you know, this huge, or not huge, this impressive Speak for yourself. Yeah, it's a massive. <laughs> this impressive vocabulary from all that we've read, all that we've experienced. Uh, it, it ought to help. It mm-hmm. ought to help build a a better story, a better uh, illustration, and it just seems like a lot of times it it like you're right, Enoch. It it just gets in the way it makes us do these circular patterns instead of like saying mm-hmm. so in in that spirit what i really wanted to say to kent was my whole thing was about the uh, the ceremonies what what would you take away from that or is this something that you have to keep going back and back and it def you answered that question for me personally when you talked about like it helped you uh the coaching, like, you know, this whole AA thing that I did for a while that I'm kind of, it's kind of grown into something else now. The, but the primary thing is, you know, like step 12 is you got to go out and do the work Mm. and only in doing the work will, you know, and by that, by that, I mean, you need to go and spread. I hate using the word evangelize, but I hate it because of my personal bullshit with, you know, the modern Protestant Christian church. Right. But it's literally that. You're evangelizing. You're, you're going out and you're healing people by by speaking to them and, and sharing the truth. You know, not the bullshit. Not this anger. You're sharing, you are worth this. You have been created with purpose. You are beautiful. And hey, man, it, it, it's cool. And it sounds like these ceremonies have really helped you kind of take that 12th step and, and, and help facilitate you in your ability to heal others, which in turn keeps filling your cup back up.
2: Right. And, and what a lot of that is is like I have seen the biggest shifts in my growth over the last... I guess August will be a year since I started that. Um, I've seen the biggest moves forward since I've started that. This. I have mm. a friend. He did LSD a few times in college, and you know he saw God, his version of God, or whatever you know, and he got worried. Like I, after my second time, he's like, "I don't want you to do this anymore. I don't want I don't want you to come back all." Crazy and like the wires are loose and won't ever
1: connect again. <laughs> the Dennis Leary. Yeah.
0: yeah, you just you just ate more acid than I've ever seen anybody eat in my whole life.
1: You're just gonna be Sid Barrett sitting up there hitting one cord going. Whoa, out.
0: Yeah.
2: The
1: rest of if hey if the rest of Pink Floyd is judging you, you may have gone too far.
2: Just saying. I snorted. I love it. Oh, uh, <laughs> awesome. um, but okay. So, an example. My first ceremony, I sat next to a woman. She had done twelve in ten months. I think is what it was. Wow. And you know, we talked after we talked afterwards a few months later, I I did a breath work ceremony with her or meditation. And uh, we talked afterwards and she's like, cause I had done another ceremony in between. I was like, I was surprised I didn't see you there. (laughs) And she's like, I didn't feel, I didn't feel called to go. And she said, I feel like that work is done. Um, Obviously Hmm. I was going through some shit as why I did it so much, but Um, they have come through and I haven't had the call to go. I'm like, I I don't need it right now. And so I could never see doing that recreationally. I don't even, I don't even know how you could. Uh, well, you could, but I don't.
0: Well, it's like the, it's like i was saying earlier it does not sound pleasurable like it just like something you're just going to do for fun well, no um, I and mean, it, it doesn't
1: sound like it would lead to addiction because you're not isolating you're not numbing yourself you're not taking yourself away from the stuff it literally you're pushing you're it right it to the front so yeah. all you can do yeah you got to stare it right in the eye for 6 to 8 hours
2: yeah and hmm. well and then so the the friend of mine that actually introduced me to it and let me know that it was available like in the States. Um, you know, I told him I was going to another shopman he's like, research them because there are bad people out there. And Ooh. if you're not in the right environment, you know, and this goes into the spiritual aspect and it's, it's a arena of my life that I'm loving but it's an also an arena in my life that I'm not yet comfortable with, when using words sure. that like you're yeah. opening up your mind to allow shit to you bad energies can come in, and so it's like, mm. all right, so I want to I don't want that, so I'll only go with people that I trust, and I'll if I was if I was given an opportunity to do that by myself, I'm not being protected by any that's the sh- that's the job of the shaman is oh, to yeah. guide you and to protect you from anything coming in um, and that's like my second journey was was rough because i had the bar set so high with the first shamans that i worked with they did body work in the middle of it i mean they were rubbing parts on me working energy out that you know were sore and that they were i'm believing that they're sore because that's where negative energy is leading and they were trying to break it loose and get it out and get it moving and how they knew the spots to hit there's no explanation for like they were working my gut and getting a lot of things working up through there my my right peck, they were just uh, you know going through there and the second one was during COVID and it was his first ceremony after having a few off, I guess. And he was, he wasn't on his a game. I didn't feel protected in that one. I didn't feel safe. Um, I ended up going Hmm. to him again because I talked to the host that brought him here and they have done work with him several times. And they are like, he was off and he's not always like that. And trust one more time. If you feel called to, and, so I did, and I, I fell in love with him because of how safe. I was like, yeah, he had an off time, and I'm glad I didn't know anybody that went to him that, for the first time. Uh, wow. But that second experience, <laughs> he, was, he showed up next to me several times, like, I'm here, you know, because I, I, I felt like, and I'm pretty positive I was because I was sore for a few days afterwards like contorting myself in strange ways, just trying to get things moved and blocked out or moved through me. And I felt like hmm. he was there and he's just like, you know, you're a warrior, keep doing it. You're keep, you know, and I did feel like I slayed some dragons that time. And wow. it was, it, you know, Enoch, you've said a couple times that it's not fun. No, it's not necessarily fun. But you did say, too, that how powerful it is. And it's, mm-hmm. it is. It's, it's, it's an experience that you and I could sit in the same ceremony. We would have nothing in common other than that. Like your, mm-hmm. your trip, your journey is yours. And mine is mine. And you could be very – and I think this was brought up. Like somebody that's sitting there peaceful – could be going to war on the inside and, and you don't know it and the person there like me who is violently moving around could be having the most blissful experience on their journey you just don't know from the outside um, mm. looking in so and that, like I, I think I've alluded to it a couple times my control is very big Like I have to control situations to control the narrative going back to the nice guy a woman across from me was, was just, she was in pain. She was crying so hard and I just wanted to go comfort her and be with her. And the more I wanted to go help her, the louder her, her crying got. And when I let that go and just was like, she's on hers. I can't help her. She needs to help herself. As soon as I started really breathing into that, she got quieter and quieter and quieter to where she was a whisper. And hmm. every time I went back in, every time I went outside of me to do something, things got louder. And every time I went inside, I was alone and things were silent, and that's where the healing was happening. And it was that was a good awareness to have too. It's like be in charge of your own shit. You know, don't fix other yeah. people.
1: Of what you're consuming? Yeah. yeah, you were. It really yeah. sounded like very it was, good. It was kind of helping you teach and you like. I need to work on this. I want to consume this. Yeah. I'm not going to be pushed around by all this other bullshit that's around me. And I don't have to be. Doesn't matter how bright or whatever it is. Uh, you don't have to let it in. You can constantly choose constantly be responsible for you you and and what you let come in and and stick around that's neat man that, that that's better than neat Ken, that's that's awesome
0: <laughs> that is yeah. a
1: beautiful beautiful thing that's a crazy Thank you for experience sharing and amazing yeah absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely. i uh, i was i was a little curious to uh, I, we're, we're coming up on almost an hour and a half chatting here i thought uh, it might be good to talk you've been on this about how you've been on this long journey, which finally led you to feel almost called to be a healer, you know, to be a, a helper, a coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about your, your coaching, how that's going with where, where you are in that journey.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still growing in it. Um, it isn't a full-time job, um, but it, it, I feel the close, I feel closer to it than I ever have. Um uh, hmm. I when was it beginning of this year I I got my certification completed um and there's just been a lot of resistance towards towards me shouting like this is what I do um uh, because of a lot of confusion I have around like I want to I want to help everybody but I know I can't and so really, like, focusing in on who I want to help, um, who I get to serve, not actually help, but serve. And, you know, I keep getting called back to and called back to men, like, to get men out of their heads, because my head's my prison. It's where I don't grow, and get get us into our hearts, because that's, that's where... That's where true growth and happiness comes from, in my opinion, at least. Is that when we disconnect from our hearts, we're disconnecting from who we truly are, and hmm. whatever that is. I've had, you know, I've had so many people recently like I'm easy to talk to because they don't see me as judgmental, or you know, just bring you to the table, or what they tell me is bring me. I can bring myself to the table without any worries or concerns. And I'm like, fuck, I think I'm one of the most judgmental assholes out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but really when it, when, when people speak to me from their heart, I, I will allow just about anybody into the room. If they're being authentic and hmm. you be you and don't, don't infringe on me and I won't infringe on you. Let's just live this world. Cause that diversity is what makes us all bad. Be- uh, what makes this world great, right? Mm-hmm. God forbid everybody's like me. Fuck. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't like the competition. No. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> why yeah. that's why I a struggle, you know, my relationship with my children because I'm looking at them like no, hey, seat's taken.
2: Yeah. All
1: right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Kent, d- but that <laughs> uh, your why are you it did why don't you tell people where they can find you online
2: um instagram i am at uh conscious heart warrior um mm-hmm. where i'm just throwing down logic Or it, jesus christ that was so fucking
1: such bullshit for i liked it i liked it i love it, it. throwing drum. down logic
0: <laughs> no you've you've got some beautiful stuff on there it's nice uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. hit,
1: hit I, the beat baby hit the beat <laughs>
0: Uh, did you for your coaching business? Do you have a website or anything, Kent? I don't. Uh, okay, I
2: do not as of this point.
0: You should look into that. That it, it yeah. makes it easy for people to find you if they wanted to pay you for your services.
2: Yeah, I'm. On, I'm on the <laughs> Facebook too. Um, Kenton Turpin is where you can find me there.
0: Sweet. Cool. Well, all right, man. Thanks for talking with us today. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I've.
1: Uh, in all honesty, I've. I've actually. Twice. Uh, had had some tears come out. I don't know if it showed up, but uh, man, it's powerful. Um, the, the stuff about the grandfather, you know, telling you time to take over and things like that. It's yeah. this was beautiful, Kent, and just really, really could not cannot thank you enough for 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 doing this.
2: Uh, thank you, Sosh, and Enoch. It's an honor to be on here. I, I've been listening from the start and enjoying the hell out of it. And so it's been an honor for me to be a part of this. So I appreciate it. And uh, awesome, man! You guys, you guys are great. I love you. the energy that you bring together. I love the argument that you guys had on, on one of the, on the last one that I was listening to at least. And it was great. Like men don't like. And when I spoke into my relationships with my friends, like when they left me after the divorce, I. You know to be able to like own that shit and be like yeah yeah i'm a piece of shit we're both pieces of shit and we brought our shit to the table and let's clean it up together <laughs> that's amazing well, there Still. You go. Yeah. yeah and men don't do that you know or it's not commonplace for men to do it and i think it's great and it's awesome and the fact that you aired it was even better so
0: Thank you. We're just just trying to get better, baby. Yeah. 10% less (laughs) shitty. 10% less (laughs) shitty. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great rest of your day, okay? Thanks. Thanks Thanks so
1: much. Enoch. Love you, baby.
0: Well, folks, that's it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. God knows we always do. Don't forget to subscribe so you can continue to follow along on this journey. And please join us. Let's get better together or at the very least, 10% less shitty. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and now Clubhouse at True Brody Satva. That's True T-R-U. And don't forget to check in at our blog, thebrodysatva.com, to keep up to date on what's going on in our world. As always, this show is written by Enoch Daniel and Soch Woodbine, and produced by me. And special thanks to Scott Holmes. Who wrote our theme music. Until next time, keep working, keep seeking, and keep living that Brody Sattva life. Bye now.